please me, baby. Turn around and just tease me, baby. You ain't wanna never wanna hear Hey, hey. Hola, friends. Bonjour, mes amis. Yeah, I took French. <laughs> what up? Hey, y'all. What's up? Uh, welcome back. Welcome back. We have tripped, slipped, stumbled, and fell, slid our way right into yet another episode of the Monologue Podcast with yours truly, Jess Jemiah. <laughs> Um, hey y'all, we're back for episode 22, deuce, deuce, baby, deuce, deuce, yeah, 22 for the 22. Uh, I'm so happy to be back with another app. Uh, we're gonna jump right into it. We can start with a little, a little recap. Anything interesting that's been going on in my life? Hmm. Not really, to be honest, y'all. I really have just been, I've been chilling, I've been focusing on myself, uh, Last episode, I talked a lot about, you know, trying to get back into just relying on God. And, you know, last episode was about faith and how I had been kind of struggling with my faith and with my relationship with God and kind of what that, what I wanted that to look like. So, you know, this past, that was probably about two weeks ago, week and a half. Uh, I've really just been still focusing on that. So I've been watching a couple different sermons, kind of been following a couple of different pastors and trying to get more disciplined just with my devotion time. Um, I get up early in the morning usually, and I use that early morning time really to just devote to myself and God. So I might say a little prayer. I turn, in, turn on a little bit of praise and worship music, do a little brief meditation if I can, just some deep breathing or something like that. So I've really just been focusing on centering myself more than anything and really actually taking the time to make time to spend time with God. You know what I mean? Not just let me squeeze it in. Let me squeeze it in when I can, but like, okay, I'm going to take this time. Even if it's only 10 minutes, I'm going to use this 10 minutes as uninterrupted time with God, say a little prayer, praise and worship, whatever I want that time to look like. Um, and that's been helping me a lot. If anything, it's just been putting my mind at ease and who I will take that over anything. Anybody who knows me knows that I take peace of mind over anything. I'll take that over anything in the world. Um, so I've been enjoying that. I really just been chilling y'all. Spring has arrived. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Spring is here. <laughs> okay. And so really I've been outside. I've just been trying to soak up this sun as soon as I get done recording this episode, I'm off today. I'm going on a nice little leisurely jog. I'm going to soak up some of this sun, about 48, 52 degrees outside. Okay. So I'm so excited for spring to be here. I was getting so sick and tired of getting in my car and cursing. You know that shit. I was getting sick of that. Doing that, my car, Evie, she does not deserve that kind of language. It's not her fault. Um, but I'm so glad that it's warming up and the sun has come out. My skin has been suffering. It's been dry, fi dry. Okay, so I've just been trying to enjoy that. The sun has definitely been, I think, helping my mood and things like that. I just love a good sunset. I love a good sunrise. I love everything about the sky, all these beautiful clouds that's out. So um, I've just been enjoying that. 
staying busy. Um, God has been blessing me with some dope creative opportunities. Like, yeah, when I tell y'all, <laughs> since last episode, I really just been talking to God, depending on him, all these things. Like I've been serious about that. And when I tell y'all some dope opportunities have just been presented to me, just, you know, people thinking of me like, Hey, this came up and I thought you would be great for it. You know what I mean? This has happened more than once since recording the last episode. And, and I think that has all to do with me just being diligent and, and, and being disciplined around just talking to God, not necessarily asking him for anything specifically, but just being like, Hey Lord, you know, thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for what you're going to do. Wonderful. All right. You know what I mean? I talk to God like that's my homie. Um, hopefully that's not disrespectful. Amen. But since then, like some awesome things have just been opening up for me. My creative spirit has really been being fed lately. So that's why I'm even right back in it. You know what I mean? Recording another episode, not waiting for, you know, the opportune time, just kind of taking the initiative. So that's all with me. That's all that's really been going on with me. Um, what else, what else, what else updates? I went home to Chicago last weekend, turned up, it was St. Patrick's Day weekend, so it was a lot going on, um, so I turned up with some of my friends, we had a grand old ghetto hood rat time, uh, and I loved it, so that's really it, that's all that's been going on with the jam, so let's go ahead and move right on in to the uplifting, ha, huh, uplifting segment of the show. It is grinding in the trenches. Okay, so this week I want to highlight a business that I am a recent customer of, but a longtime supporter of. I've been kind of following this company. Um, and so it's Joy Crowned Products. Uh, Joy, Joy Crowned Products is a health and beauty product line that's created by black women that focuses on, that focuses to promote health and wellness, inner beauty, and self-love. Um, so it's an amazing company and their brand motto is Choose Joy, which anybody who knows me or Anybody who follows me or anything knows that next to hashtag made to make it hashtag choose joy is like one of my taglines. So I bought right into this. But like I said, I've been following Joy Crown for a long time. Um, to be honest, this is one of my high school friend, Michael. This is his cousin and she's also a soror of mine. So I had already kind of been following her um, on social media, just from kind of being acquaintances in that, in that way from going to high school together and things like that. And then she's a soror. So I was like, okay, I'm super about to support you. So I've been following her product line. And I've been trying to get around to ordering something, ordering something. I finally ordered something. Cause I like to promote things, not just for the sake of promoting them, but also things that I actually stand behind have used things like that. I don't get no money for no ads nothing like that. Like I'm not an influencer in that way at all. But I recently ordered a couple products from Joy Crown and I absolutely love them. Everything that they create is handmade. Um, it's raw, unrefined, a lot of shea butter based products straight from Ghana. And so I ordered the whipped shea butter and the lavender scent. And then I also ordered the lemon sugar scrub because I mean, I'm gonna just keep it a buck with y'all. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna keep it a buck. I don't be putting on lotion daily, all right? I'm not the, oh, let me get out the shower and automatically moisturize, girl. No, 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 no. I get out the shower and I get in the bed, okay? I moisturize my face. I'm real good and disciplined about my face because I hate bumps and anything like that on my face. So I'll wash my face, exfoliate, moisturize, 
Oh, baby, but these legs, <laughs> let me tell you, if it don't show, it don't glow. I know that's a mess. That's my, my mother would not be proud. She really hates that I'm so comfortable with being ashy, but I am. I really am, but I'm trying to grow up. I'm going to be 25 this year. So I really have to evolve. And I think that proper moisturizing is a part of adulting and I just have to get better about it. So this is, this is me taking a step. Okay in the right direction. I ordered some products from Joy Crown and I love them. I've used my lemon sugar scrub for about a week now. Use that on my legs to really exfoliate, get some of that dead skin off. Everything smells just fabulous. And then I follow up, you know, after that, after I rinse all that out, follow up with the lavender whipped shea butter. Smells so good. I am a stand for lavender. I love anything lavender scented. It just goes on literally like butter, so smooth, everything. It just feels good. So if you guys are big Shea Butter fans and you like Shea Butter products, I would definitely recommend you looking into Joy Crowned, okay? I'm going to, of course, leave everything in the description box. I'm going to post it on my Facebook, on my Instagram, and everything so you guys know where to go. But it's simply www.joycrownedproducts.com. Black owned business, okay? You know, if you support, you know, D9, she's a Delta, she's a Soror, so support her for that. Whatever you need to support, sis, support her. Also, Stephanie is literally just so nice, so sweet, beautiful, gorgeous, everything I stand. You know, I'm one of those people that sit back and follow people and, you know, just clap for them in silence. I just be like, wow, I love everything that you're doing. <laughs> so, that's who I want to highlight here. Of course, I'm going to put all the things in the description box. So make sure you guys check Joy Crown out. Super awesome. Super professional. I automatically got an email once I ordered my products, letting them letting me know that my order was confirmed. Uh, they send you another email a few days later like, hey, everything's being handmade. Thank you for your patience. You know what I mean? So very transparent in their customer service, which is great because, you know, sometimes our people and our black businesses we lack a little bit on the uh, customer service tip. Mm -hmm. So I did not experience any of that with this product. Shipped well, packaged well, everything is great and it just feels like home. So again, they have all type of things, even things for the brothers, okay? There are beard butters, she has a beard oil. She has another like uh, tropical oil mix for your scalp and for your body. Okay. She has another, a couple other different scrubs, our hair growth oil. So really, really just everyday products that we need to be using natural, organic, everything is 100%. You can go to the Instagram and follow Joy Crown, um, beautiful content always posted on there. So that's what I'm highlighting. That's what I want y'all to support from this episode and let them know you, that Jemiah Center. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, support. All right, wonderful. Moving right along. Yeah, I know it would not be an episode of the Monologue Podcast if I didn't, you know, just briefly, just briefly get petty with you. And while we are on this topic here of just health and wellness and beauty and um, sense and whatnot. Um, I just want to take a minute here. And I think I spoke briefly about this in the past, but with the seasons changing as they are, and, um, the sun is out and the temperatures are rising. Um, I just want to talk to 
Oh, my natural brothers and sisters, check this out. I know some of us are really, you know, anti-chemical, anti-anything that did not come from Mother Earth herself in its most raw and pure form. You know, we don't want to be put in it. Who knows what they're putting in this and that. I got it. I support it. Wonderful. Um, But it's just some things, you know, some steps we cannot skip. Um, And one of those is deodorizing. Okay. Um, we have to properly deodorize as the temperatures rise, as the seasons change. We have to make sure we're not out here smelling disrespectful. Um, and th- this is a kind of a yearly, if not a bi-yearly, bi-yearly, semi, what's twice a year? Semi-yearly, twice, three, however many times I need to get the message across. We have to deodorize properly. It makes no sense. I've already, it ain't been spring for 48 hours and I've already come around must. Must has already come upon me in a way that is so offensive. I feel disrespected. I feel, I don't feel seen. I don't feel heard. Um, and it's not okay. And I think what's happening is we're putting too much trust and we're relying too much on the natural deodorants. Now, listen, I don't have a problem with natural deodorants. Me personally, uh I'm a secret kind of girl. I put on, it's, I just do. I like my deodorant. It does me well. It lasts long. It does what it has to do. It has not done me wrong. I don't got nothing extra popping off underneath fits. I have no reason to stop using my secret. Okay. But for those of us who like to use our natural situations, cool. But sometimes when you use the natural deodorants, you, it, it, it causes you to have to use it more frequently. You might not be able to just Put your natural deodorant on once before you leave in the morning. You might have to take that with you, sis. Okay, bro. It ain't just us, bro. You might have to go ahead, throw that in the bag. Just throw it in the bag. Put that in there. Get a little travel size to take around with you so that you can refresh throughout the day. Because sometimes by about 1.15 in the p.m., some of y'all be ripe. You know, some of y'all really be smelling like yesterday. And I just don't want, I don't want that for anyone in the community, Um, you know, because we're using the natural products. But what we seem to forget is that sometimes nature stank. (laughs) Okay. So sometimes you go outside and it smells terrible. Okay. So, 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 So sometimes when we just want to go the natural way, sometimes we have to remember Natural don't always, uh, it it doesn't always support a friendly scent. Okay. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't always give you what you need. Sometimes you got to go natural with a little drop of lavender oil. Okay. To get you an essential oil, essential oils are natural. Maybe up the essential oil, uh, dosage. One would say, I don't know. I've heard lemons, is a thing, rub under, I don't know, whatever you got to do, but I just want, sometimes when you go the natural route, it takes a little extra effort for you to get to where the chemical deodorizer would have done. You can't take the, the shortcut with the nature because guess what? Must, uh-huh, is natural. Mm-hmm. We forget that sometimes. Naturally, if you don't wash that ass or hit them pits, naturally, you're going to start stinking. So must is natural. Therefore, if you're going to combat the natural with the natural, you need to be more intentional about not smelling a natural ass fool. Okay. 
Don't be walking around out here now smelling like a must bucket. Nobody wants to be around that. You can't be out here in your best fashion over smelling like a root, okay? Smelling like grass, okay? Smelling like a twig. Not the berry, just the twig. You know what I mean? So do what you got to do. If you're going to go the natural route, go the natural route. But do what you got to do so that it comes full circle. Not that you're just taking care of yourself internally and not putting any chemicals in you, but you also are not insulting the rest of our um, nostrils. Okay, now sis. Okay, now bro. Because we have to hold one another accountable. And in 2019, we need to start telling one another that we stank mm-hmm. in the most uh, brotherly and sisterly way possible. Um, we need to start holding one another accountable to our odors and to our scents. Amen. Tell me. I'm telling y'all right now on this day, you have the right to tell me if I smell like that ass. Let me know. Let me know. Okay. I need to know, because I'm going to take you right on back inside and handle that. Okay, so, you know, that that's not me trying to be petty. I'm just trying to be real, okay? Cousin Jam, get you. I get you. All right? All right? Okay, so, um, yeah, handle that. And that's all I got. That's all I We can drive on off from Petty Parkway. That's all I got this week for the petty, okay? Now, um, we're going to hop into the jam session, y'all. Uh, This week, this episode for the jam session, I want to talk about something that has kind of, I forgot, I forgot what I was listening to, what I was watching, Um, but they were talking about kind of like generational responsibility and how um, the difference in the black community and in our counterparts' communities, you know, like the Caucasian household, how the difference in the responsibility and the weight of what the child is responsible for once they become an adult as far as, like, the obligation to the family. I kind of want to talk about kind of that pressure and sometimes that guilt that is surrounded around once you become an adult, what you owe to your family, right? So I thought this would be an interesting thing to kind of talk about. And it's something that's been on my mind lately. Um, And so, you know, in the black household, a lot of us, it's like, yo, as soon as I get on, I'm buying my mama a house. And um, as soon as I get on, I'm getting my mama out the hood. And I'm, I'm sending my little sister. She ain't gonna have to worry about nothing. And she ain't gonna have to. I'm sending bro to school. And I'm gonna make sure my niece and my nephew good. And then I'm gonna make sure my best friend daughter good. And then I'm gonna make sure, you know what I mean? We just, we want to, we want to provide so bad sometimes for our, for our home, for our families, for our community. Sometimes I know I have that. I'm like, man, as soon as I get on, I'm, I'm about to tear 79th street up. Like I'm putting a community center on 79. I'm putting a theater on 79. I'm putting a performing arts school. I'm putting a gym. I'm building a basketball court on 79th street. Like I want to do it all for where I'm from. You know what I mean? And then I'm also buying my mom a house and I'm also starting a college fund for Markel and Amaya. Then I'm also going to get Jimmy a car. Then I'm also going to get my sister a house. And then, you know what I mean? I want to do all these things. Cause you like, if I'm on, they all on, you know what I mean? This obligation we feel like we have. And 
I think I was talking to some of my coworkers, maybe, maybe my boss. I don't know who I was talking to, but it was someone, you know, who's Caucasian. And, you know, they were talking about how they, they're older than me and they have kids. And they were talking about how they have been preparing. They have been preparing for their kids and setting things up for their kids since they've been born. You know what I mean? They started making the sacrifices once they became adults, once they realized they were having kids, they started making the sacrifices for their children so that once their children came of age, they would have everything they need to move forward and be successful individuals for themselves. And so the the mind, their mindset was, you know what I mean? I'm raising my kids to not have to worry about how they're going to get there, but to set them up to be successful so that they don't have to ask me for nothing once. Like they just can go and fly and do them. We got our own house. We got our own retirement fund. You know what I mean? There's this mindset that I've got to make sure I'm working hard enough to not only sustain a lifestyle for myself and for my retirement and for all these things, but I'm also setting things up for them So that there's already something prepared for them when they get to a certain point so that all they have to worry about is being successful and not about how they're going to make ends meet. And it was just fascinating to me, the difference, you know what I mean? The difference in, in priorities. I feel like sometimes in the black community, it's about, you know, just making sure my child make it to a certain point so that they can eventually become successful enough to pull me out. I ain't necessarily put anything in place for them, but I'm going to raise them enough to make it, to know I'm going to teach them the hustle, teach them how to hustle and how to grind so that they can go out there and grind and get it and then come back and make sure I'm good. And I'm like, yo, that's hard. That's hard. And I think... I think there's this pressure on us, uh, on our generation and not just our generation, but, you know, there's a pressure on being the kid in the family who has to make it for the family. Like, I'm not just making it for me. I'm making it for everybody. You know what I mean? White kids don't grow up saying, man, I got to get big. And the first thing I'm going to do is buy my mom a house because mom already got a house. Parents already got a house. They got a vacation house. They got a boat. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes these white kids, their parents already be set up. So they never grow up thinking I have whatever I get and whatever success I get. It is first. My first obligation is to repay my parents. They don't even, they don't have that kind of pressure because their parents have already set them up and setting them up didn't set them behind. Like their parents have already solidified a position for themselves. They have worked, they got their retirement, they've done whatever they have to do. And then also put a little something to the side for them. Whereas in our household, our parents barely, you know what I mean? Our parents are barely making it. So it's like, I'm going to sacrifice any and everything I can to make sure you're good. But understand that my sacrifice means that I am putting you before me. So at some point I expect that to be reciprocated and it's like, I don't know, sometimes it saddens me because now 
I'm I'm trying to make sure I'm good and I'm trying to make sure I'm on so I can make sure things are good for my future family. But the kind of juggling act you put yourself in, like, okay, I want to set up things for my future and I want to put things in place for my future and what I might have later on in life. But I'm also trying to make sure I'm reciprocating and paying back all the people who sacrificed for me to get here. That balancing act to me is like insane because then how do you do it? I think my biggest thing is so, you know, I've talked about it. You know, I put myself through school for the most part and, you know, I have a job. I pay my own bills and all these things like that. But I got to a certain point when I was in school where I had to, for lack of better terms, I had to cut my family off. I had to tell them, y'all can't call me and ask me for money. Y'all can't call and ask me to help pay a bill and all these things back at home. Why? Not because I don't want to, I feel like I don't have to, but because I can't call y'all for the same thing. So what happens when I dig y'all out of a hole and I'm sending you money and I'm sending you these things and then when I need it, who do I call? It makes no sense. Now we all in a hole. Now nobody, because now we're just reciprocating this generational flaw, this generational debt, and and this idea of, you know, you got to fake it till you make it. Paycheck to paycheck. Nothing is being saved. Nothing is on reserve. You know what I mean? It's always playing catch up, always playing catch up. And, and that, that mindset to me is so dangerous in our community. And I think now more than ever, at least I know some of my friends and some, some of my peers have this mindset. It's like, hey, fam, no hard feelings, no love lost, but I ain't got it. Even when I might have it, I ain't got it. Because I'm trying to set something up for my future so that not only Will I not have to worry and y'all eventually won't have to worry, but the next generation and the next generation and the next generation won't have to worry because our habits are so bad. We have generational habits that we can't break. And I mean, I can speak for my family alone. Like we're terrible with money, you know, and I ain't here to, you know, spill, spill my family's tea or anything like that. It's no secret though. And I think it's a very common thing. We're terrible with money terrible money. Like I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up poor. I always like to make this like the, 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 make the the statement clear. I didn't grow up poor. I I know people who grew up poor and I know the difference. It's a difference between growing up poor and growing up broke. You know what I'm saying? I didn't grow up poor. We grow up broke. We grew up with just enough to like make ends meet. You know what I mean? Like it was a couple bills that just you just knew wasn't going to get paid. It was a couple bills that just wasn't getting all oh, the cable went off for a couple. Pop in the DVD, period. It's not a problem because the cable going to go off from time to time. It's either cable or lights, which one you want. You know what I mean? So I didn't grow up hard, but we grew up broke. And, and a lot of that came from trying to live outside of our means. You know, a lot of that came from just poor money management. And I've talked to my mom in depth about this. My mom, listen, anybody who know my mom know that she a real one. And as I get older, I always try to have these conversations with her about, you know what I mean? Some of the decisions she made in her youth and in her early years of parenting, you know, some of the decisions she made, what she feels like some 
dis what were the disadvantages she had? What are some things she felt like she was never taught and she kind of had to just learn on the job and just on the spot learn and figure out on her own and how she wished someone would have taught her X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. And so now that I'm getting older, I have those conversations with her so that we can really, really break down what is the general, I don't like to say curse because that sounds, I don't know, like bad juju, but like, what is the generational dysfunction in our family? What is the one thing that we continue, continue, continue to fail at? And in my family, for sure, a lot of that is money management, money management, um, not prioritizing our funds. You know what I mean? Not thinking of, not thinking ahead, being impulsive with our money. Um, not just, just not, not being adults about how we spend our money. You know what I mean? Nobody taught me about having a savings account. Nobody taught me about, you know what I mean? Once you do your taxes, this is what you should do with your refund. Nobody taught me about a 401k, all of these things that we don't talk about. But we look good, but we got, you know, we got decent little clothes, but we turned up. Listen, my family, we like to kick it. So we like, you know, I'm going to go to the function. I'm going to be at the function. Don't worry about what my household like. But yes, I'm coming on this trip because I want to be a part. You know what I mean? And so just kind of the what are the generational habits that need to be broken and, and that we need to cut? And so that kind of, the, I, don't, I just, I was thinking about that pressure that pressure that I know I personally have, of, you know, I got to make sure my niece and nephew good. I got to make sure my little brother good. I got to make sure my sister good. I got to make sure my granny good. I got to make sure my mama good. I don't have, y'all, I'm not rich. I work not for Google. Okay. Like I can't, I have to make sure I'm good. I got to make sure I'm good so that I can get to a position where I really can provide without it being such a sacrifice. There's nothing wrong with sacrifice, but we don't want to, as a community, I think sometimes we think the only way to get it is to sacrifice and to, and to go without and to be without. And it's like, no, I want to be able to give my mama some money and not even miss it. And not even have to think about it. I don't, I don't want it to have to be an L. I don't want to have to be like, yo, I'm writing moms this check, but damn, I ain't even really got it. But I have to because I'm obligated. I don't want to be that. So I have to get myself to that position where I can provide for my family without it meaning I have to take an L. And I think that's the difference sometimes between our community and our counterparts is that they set themselves up with this safety net of, oh, my child is going to need this while I already have an account specifically for, you know, the if just in case you don't get all the scholarships. Hey, here we go. You know what I mean? I had a peer who her parents put her through college, like paid for her, paid for her tuition and things like that. And once she graduated, she got a job, moved back in with her parents and then paid them back the money. You know, we're talking thousands of dollars. She was writing her parents' checks for the tuition that they paid. Who who parents got, you know what I mean? My mama don't have the money to write me a check for tuition and be like, hey, pay that back when you can. It's those subtle differences that 
can set you back so far or put you ahead so far is when we actually prepare and set ourselves up to the point of like, even I don't want to have to put my child through college. Yeah, I would love for my college, my child to have a scholarship. Yeah, I would love for them, you know, going a full ride, playing a sport or academic, you know, for getting a, a scholarship for grades or anything like that. But just in case, I got this on reserve. That's the point I'm trying to get to where we don't even have to think about it, where it's not even a like a gamble. I feel like in our community, it's always a gamble with how we're going to get to the next step. Like it's a gamble on whether or not we're going to be successful or not. It's like, Lord, I'm going to pray that you make a way. And then we're not holding up our end of the bargain and being responsible and setting ourselves, putting ourselves up putting ourselves in the position to receive the blessings. We're just praying about it and then expecting it to happen, but we're not positioning ourselves. You know what I mean? If God sent down a blessing and he sent it all the way over there, but you all the way to the left, all the way over there, he sent the blessing. Now you just missed it. Cause you didn't put yourself in the position to receive it. And I think sometimes as a community, we don't do well with that. And so therefore we put this pressure, we put this pressure of, reciprocity and obligation on the generation that's coming up to be the one to be the savior for the family. And you know what I mean? I'm not saying that that's necessarily me. I mean, I know my family is watching me and I know everybody's waiting, but everybody's watching and waiting on my little brother too. And on my sister and everything too. And it's like, it's that pressure of like, yo, if and when I make it and I get that first big hit, that first big check, am I supposed to buy my mom my house? Or am I supposed to pay off my student loan debt? And am I, am I selfish? Am I selfish if I choose to get myself right first opposed to taking care of my family? Am I selfish if I take, you know, whatever big lump sum of money I get and put that all towards my savings account, put that all towards my 401k, put that all towards paying off my student loan debt instead of paying one of my mama's bills? Is that selfish of me? Do, do you know what I mean? Do I owe it to my mother to pay her bills? Do I owe it to my family and to my sister because she has my niece and nephew? Do I owe it to her to provide X, Y, and Z when I still have responsibilities of my own that I should, should I neglect? You know, that's the battle. That's the battle that I have sometimes. And that's kind of been what I've been, what I've been thinking about lately is, is that battle is we're expected to sometimes neglect our own personal responsibilities in order to for, in order to fulfill this kind of unspoken obligation sometimes to our family and to our community. And when I have conversations with some of my peers and some of my counterparts, Caucasian counterparts, they don't have that same sense of obligation. And I think there's a beauty don't get me wrong. I think there's a beauty that comes with how we support one another and how, how we uplift one another, how, you know what I mean? If I'm going up, I want to take you with me type deal. And if I'm good, I want my family to be good. I think, I think that is strong. And I think that's important and, and we need to continue to do that, but you're not always in the position to do that. You know what I mean? If I got $5, I'm not always in the position to give somebody two fifty. I need to my I might need to hold on to my five, and I might not be in a position to lend out anything till I got twenty five or till I got a hundred and five. You know what I'm saying? It's not everything I get 
somebody else is obligated in on. And I was talking to, I was just talking to a friend and I was listening. I don't know. This is kind of like a thought process that I've been going through for the past, maybe like a couple weeks. Cause I was, a series of conversations. I was talking to some people at work and then I was listening to, I want to say a podcast or maybe I was watching something on YouTube where they were talking about this kind of obligation we have to our families and to our communities. And we feel more obligated sometimes to our family than we do to ourselves. Because you're like, yo, I had a single mom. She sacrificed it all for me. She made sure I didn't go without nothing. She made sure I had food on the table. She, You know what I mean? And it's like, All that is true, but sometimes the best way to repay your mom or your dad is for you to go on and make something of yourself. Don't sacrifice your own success trying to sustain the people back at home or trying to sustain and support your family or your community because you have this, sometimes we have this guilt in our head that we owe we owe the people who were there as we were coming up because yeah, we, we get, we take steps. We get steps. I'm okay. I took a step up. I took a step up, but I still haven't arrived. You know what I mean? Like I said, once I get it, once I really get it, once I'm really in my back and I can just, you know, chop off, chop off a little something off the top, just, just for mom dukes, but it's nothing. I don't miss it. I'm not missing it. You know what I mean? That's different. But I don't, I don't ever want to feel comfortable putting myself in a position where I'm knocking myself a step down in order to bring somebody else a step up. Because I think that's not only doing myself a disservice, but that's doing us a disservice as a family, as a community, whatever, whatever it looks like, because we're not breaking the habits. You can't spend, like, I have to have conversations with my family like, yo, check this out. I'm not here to dig nobody out of a hole. I can't. I can't dig. Look, you grown just like I'm grown. I'm not paying bills for a home I don't live in. I have bills to pay in the home that I do live in. I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not paying bills. I'm not paying bills due to negligence. Not because I lost my job, I can't do it. But simply because of negligence and because we're choosing not to be responsible and we're choosing to put priorities to, to, to prioritize things that don't need to be prioritized. So now we're okay with having debt. I'm so uncomfortable with having debt y'all. Like I'm so uncomfortable. Like I got a little bit of student loan debt and I hate it. My, I got a little bit of credit card, little credit card debt. All right. Sis, sis was out of, was out of job for a few months. I got a little excited. Um, So I got a little bit of credit card debt and I hate it. It makes me so uncomfortable. So I'm like, yo, before anything, I got to get myself back comfortable. And I challenge, you know what I mean? I challenge my family with that too. Like, don't feel so comfortable asking somebody for something when you are not doing the things you need to do to make yourself comfortable. You know what I mean? I'm all about helping in those situations where it's like, you know what I mean? I just need a helping hand. But if you're not doing if you're not helping yourself and you're looking for somebody to help you, that I don't like. I don't rock with that. And that's with anybody. That's with family, friends, anything. You know what I mean? I have friends who ask for help and things like that. But it's like sometimes people ask for help simply because they don't want to do the work to 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 get right themselves. I'm not about that. 
You know what I mean? It's people who owe me money who, you know, I was very giving. So, hey, I need money for this. And, hey, you know, I had roommates who was like, hey, you know, rent. I know rent coming up, but I don't really have it. Can you pay this and I'll pay you back? And then they don't pay you back. They take your time paying you back. They take their time paying you back or they pay you what they want to pay you. Not paying you actually, not actually paying you what you gave them. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. I gave you X amount of dollars and you gave me half of that. Like, wow. Amazing. Cause you don't care. Cause you want to do with your money, what you want to do with your money and not take care of responsibilities because our habits are so bad. Our habits are so bad. We just don't know. I want to like, I'm trying to learn so much more about just like money management and financial literacy and things like that because, you know, like credit, I want to learn about like buying stock and investing and things like that. Like how do, let me learn about this passive income because wow, I love my job, but who, who wants to work 10 to 12 hours every day? Who? Every day? 10 to 12 hours on my feet? Talking to people every day, okay, every other weekend, uh, you know what I mean? It's great. Thank God, I, I, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, for the blessing. Um, but where does passive income at? You know what I mean? I talk to my, I talk to my boss a lot. I talk to people who are above me a lot and just kind of pick their brain. And he's like, yeah, I got stock in this company, that company, this company is about to go public. So I'm already looking at that. You know, my boss had to tell me, Hey, do you have your 401k set up? I was like, my what? Mm-hmm. He's like, your 401k, do you have that set up? I'm like, uh, nobody ever talked to me about a 401k. I didn't know. I didn't know I should be, I should have this. You know, I'm not thinking about retirement. I'm thinking about tomorrow because that's how we're conditioned. That's how we're conditioned. I'm thinking about how I'm going to make ends meet tomorrow, what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to have in a bank account when I turn 50. I'm not thinking about what, 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 how long it's going to take me to pay off my debt. I'm not thinking about none of that. I'm thinking about, okay, what bill is due on, on the first, what bill is due on the 15th. One of them checks coming is so short term, short term, everything. And I think that's just a disservice we do to ourselves that we just don't pay attention. We don't pay attention and we don't, we don't look deep enough into the things that can really shift our position, our position in this society. And that's a whole different conversation. Um, but yeah, that's what I was, that's just what I was thinking about. Uh, you know, everybody want to come up, everybody trying to come up. And it's so crazy that the first thing we think about when we come up is what, what I'm gonna do for somebody else, what I'm gonna do for moms, what I'm gonna do for everybody, what I'm gonna do for the family. And, um, I think our, our counterparts, it's more so the opposite. It's more so what the family is going to do for the kids, how the family sets the kids up to be successful so that they don't have to worry about them down the line. You know what I mean? How, you know, sometimes our, our, my white friends and things like that, they're fine. They're successful. They have their own condo and all these things that they pay for. And then they also go back to mom and dad's house that mom and dad paid off nice house, everything like that. You know what I mean? Mom and dad made it happen for themselves. And then they also were in the position to set. And I understand, I get it. 
we're di- you know black people we're not in a position all the time the, the the cards are definitely not dealt for us to be successful in that way but it's like what are we doing to ensure that the responsibility of making it and pulling everybody up is not always just handed down you know what i mean the responsibility to make sure everybody good and and to provide is not always just handed down to the next generation Hey, you going to make sure grandma good? You going to make sure mama good? Like that's just a pressure that I think going forward we can we can work to relieve and it can more so be like okay, how are we all ensuring that the next generation is good? The generation after us is good opposed to focusing on how are we making sure the generation before us is good. So, I don't know. There was just what was on my mind, on my mind. Um, I think that's going to be, I would love to talk to someone else and get other insight. Cause it's just from my perspective and you know, how my family is and you know, some of the things I deal with, but I would love to get somebody else in here and just kind of bounce some thoughts off of someone. I have a couple people in mind, so there might be a part two to this topic and to this conversation about the, the, the black guilt, I would say sometimes, or that kind of the obligation to your family in that way. So I think I'm going to get somebody else in here to, to get some different opinions on it. Uh, let me know what y'all think. Let me know if you guys, you know, have dealt with this or feel like this, anything like that. Um, and yeah, I would be interested to know. That's all I got for this episode. Uh Oh, I do want to give us a little affirmation. I used to be really good at giving us affirmations at the end of every episode. So let's see what I got here. I got me a little book. I don't know about that. Oh, interesting. Okay, I kind of like this one. It's not really an affirmation, but more so a quote. Um, It matters not what someone is born, but what they grow to be. I like that. That 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 kind of speaks a little bit to like it don't matter what the predicament was you were born into, but how are you gonna grow from it? So I like that, and that's from um J.K. Rowling. Okay, Mrs. Harry Potter, amazing, amazing. So hit me up. I hope y'all enjoyed that. Talk back to me. Let me know what y'all think about that. Uh, as always, follow me on the social at Just Jemiah on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow Made to Make It on at underscore Made to Make It. Made the number to make it. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. I holla. Bye.